Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Mojiella Wodeal. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-row hellscape. We dissect all the news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe, because when BS is popping, we pop off. Call the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. It's a serious question. I, I appreciate your passion. I share it. I've addressed this question. I've addressed my personal feelings. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. You're listening to Just Ask the Question, Adventures in Reporting with your host, Brian Karam. Hi, welcome. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam. Welcome back. And with us today is uh, one of our favorite people on the planet, Mary Trump, <laughs> who has a new book out. And uh, Mary, thanks for being here. I Thank appreciate it. Thank you so it. much for having me. It's great to be back and uh, that I have a lot to live up to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or my expectations are low. You never know. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll take a, we'll take a break to, to pay the bills. And when we come back, We'll be talking with Mary Trump. Stick around. Hey, Just Ask the Question podcast listeners. If you've got a second, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, JATQ Podcast. That's JATQ Podcast. Again, that's at JATQ Podcast. Hi, we're back. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with this is the renowned Mary Trump. <laughs> so, Mary, you have a new book out, and I guess just ask the question. I'm just going to ask it. Well, I have seen it, but for those who haven't, what's it all about? And, um, and the well, title, don't forget your title, and where to buy it. Plug, all, plug it. It's called The Reckoning. Um, dun, dun, dun. I love the Trauma. name. I love the yes. title. Well, you know, I should have um, like trademarked it because I hear that word like every other minute now because we are um, at this point where uh, the stuff I wrote about is kind of um, reaching its its conclusion by not holding powerful white men accountable, you know, starting with Robert E. Lee, we're at this place where Donald Trump, uh, who may up may end up being um the most destructive person who's ever been in the oval office and i think he already reached that plateau well he's certainly the most deadly yeah um you know but there are arguments to be made that andrew johnson destroyed any hope of uh making reconstruction possible and and landed us in a hundred years of Jim Crow, but it, it does remain to be seen. I mean, he, he will be a top contender. Um, but despite, despite his, um, egregious criminality and unconstitutional behavior, despite the fact that he not just incited a coup, but planned a coup to overthrow his own government. Um, I mean, technically that's not a coup, it's called something else, but anyway, um he's he's in a position where not only can he sue people but he's planning to run for re-election what what universe are we living in that do you think he will run for re-election you know it's complicated um by a couple of things um one because there are those who think he won't yeah look michael cohen being one of them yeah, and I understand that the rationale for that, but the longer he he goes without accountability, the longer he goes without you know being indicted or punished in any way, or um, the longer um, the his big lie is a- allowed to spread influence, the longer the January sixth insurrection goes unpunished, and the more time the Republicans. Republican state legislatures have 
to um, push through these voter suppression bills, the, the more it would make sense for him to run because- yeah, the more they let him get away with it, the more he's gonna try to get away with. Because if he isn't punished before then, then he'll feel like his best bet is to you know get the power and protection of the Oval Office back because we saw what a debacle that was. You know, oh, he did all of these crimes, but we can't do anything about it because he's, I, I mean, it's, it's the absurdity of that OLC memo is one thing. So everybody else gets sent to jail and he's just let, he's let to roam free and, and that's, break uh, everything. That's Cohen's uh, lament as well. He's, he said, mm -hmm. you know, look, I, I did something illegal, but I did it for someone. And that mm -hmm. someone is not being held accountable for what he did. And we know exactly who it is, and we know that he's guilty. So, um, <laughs> well, it kind of eliminates the middleman there, doesn't it? Let's it see. sort of does. Um, you know, I, I think right after the election, I I didn't think he would because he got so humiliated. Uh, he lost so, not he didn't lose badly enough, but he was humiliated by Joe Biden, um, and I I did not take into account the cynicism of the Republican Party. My bad, I should have. I'm a Democrat, Charlie Brown in the football. Um, but I seriously, I did not think that they were going to allow him to perpetuate the big lie. I didn't think so many of them would jump on board. Um, and then it really was kind of shocking that even though their lives were imperiled on January 6th, that they're totally cool with it now. So uh, yeah, and they've rewritten history. So it yep. wasn't an insurrection. It's it was just a lot of people voicing, you know, the insurrection was, as Trump says, on the election, and this was just peaceful protest. Yes, with the real Americans were protesting the fact yeah. that the election was stolen from them, which is dangerous. And so in and pure garbage. It's garbage, but it's so dangerous, not not only because it isn't true in regards to the 2020 election, but it is going to undermine people's faith in future elections. And it's going to, um, it's sort of normalizing the whole, if our candidate doesn't win, then obviously it there was, was fraud. Yeah, there was fraud and hoax. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right there. Let's uh, go back a little bit on, on your book. You talk, you, you mentioned uh, Robert E. Lee. Um, <laughs> and not being held accountable. I remember growing up being taught in school that here was an honorable man who just was caught in a, uh, a bad situation. And then, you know, and, and he did the honorable thing. And then you read the actual history, he was offered the role of being the general of the Union Army and turned it down to go to Virginia where they had said that, you know, slavery was the cornerstone of, of of the Confederacy. And so the rebuilding of the honor, I think, happened, um, you know, d with the rise of the Klan in the, ten, uh, in the teens and the 20s. But when you look at, at, at what did you mean? Uh, that's what I understand it. That he wasn't an honorable guy. He, he, was, he was a traitor. And uh, no matter how many times they tried to teach in school that he was you know, the honorable man of a lost cause, I just kept thinking, no, he was a traitor. Um, but what, what did you mean by, by that? Well, very, very much along those lines. Um, the, uh, Brian Stevenson of the um, Equal Rights Initiative, uh, sorry, Equal Justice Initiative uh, has said that the North won the war, but the South won the narrative. And that's the problem. Um, and don't get me wrong, the North was hardly blameless um, in, in the, the ways in which Reconstruction failed. But um, the problem is that people like Robert E. Lee and Jefferson Davis and all of the other Confederates who were traitors to this country um, were deemed better partners after the war than the freed um, freed black Americans, um, which is a travesty in and of itself. So the lost cause, which you mentioned, was that the, the South fought the war over states' rights, not slavery, and the South was this noble culture of, um, you know, peace-loving 
yep. rich white pet people, yeah. um, <laughs> that was allowed to take hold. And the truth of the matter is, you said not only not only was Robert E. Lee a traitor, he was somebody who owned and tortured other human beings, and who was directly responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans. Sound familiar? So yeah. the fact that I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know my history and well enough. Knew, to know this. Well, they knew it then. Because if you remember, and I don't know if you know the history, but the comptroller for the U.S. Army in 1864 so despised Robert E. Lee and what he yep. did. He said, look, the best shrine we can make to Robert E. Lee, we're burying everybody in his front yard. And that's, that's right. why we have Arlington National Cemetery, because they confiscated his property and turned it into a national cemetery and said, he caused these deaths. That's where we're going to bury him. That's right. And, and also he was denied uh, citizenship. Um, yeah. But the pro I don't know if many people know this, but his family was given reparations for some of that land. Yes. Quite something. Um, so yes, African-Americans were never given any reparations for what they went through, but Robert right. E. Lee's family was. That's right. And, and some were, but then it was taken away from them because Andrew Johnson was a despicable human being and uh, a very- and what happened to him? Let's see. Oh yeah, he was impeached. Oh, right. <laughs> kind of like somebody else we know, but only half as many times. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, slacker. Um, yeah. So Robert E. Lee, not only was he not punished other than having some land taken away and uh, not having his citizenship restored, he, he became president of Washington University. And after he died, Washington University was renamed Washington, Washington and Lee University Lee. in his honor. And just so people understand that this isn't, this isn't something that just kind of stopped. In 1974 or 75, I can't remember which, President Gerald Ford pardoned Robert E. Lee and restored. I'm old enough to remember that. Yeah. And his voting rights. And, it, it, to me, that was so cynical and such an egregious uh, wound against the, um, not the ancestors, the opposite of the ancestors. Um, Project. You know, Black Americans who had, uh, who had ancestors who had been enslaved or yeah, had yeah. ancestors who, um, you know, because of, of the failures of reconstruction, or brutalized during Jim Crow, or ancestors of uh, Union soldiers who risked so much for a cause that was ultimately lost. Um, I what a slap in the face, and I I can't imagine the thinking behind that. And then you know Jimmy Carter a few years later pardons Jefferson Davis I, for different reasons, probably you know for the the the. Uh, ridiculous democratic strategy of catering to the mythical Republican who's gonna vote for a Democrat because the Democrat decides to do something despicable too. Um, so we're not over, and that's one of the other things that this book focuses on. Uh, one of the two major issues this country is still contending with is the prevalence of white supremacy, which has never been dealt with, let alone atoned for. And it continues to be operative in our culture. I, I don't it think is, it's even acknowledged in, it's, in some of our culture. Listen, that's, that's a problem. In, in the, the Republican Party now has one of its major platforms, white supremacy. They're not even dog whistling anymore. They're just saying it openly. Yeah. And I... Um... You know, <laughs> I, I can go off on several different tangents, but I'll stay on this on this one. <laughs> the, the that in your book, do you think that there is a solution that's that's possible in our lifetime? Um, <clears throat> it depends on what happens in. Well, it depends partially on what happens today in Virginia, um, but it depends on what happens in 2022 and 2024. I'm, I'm so sorry to everybody who's exhausted, but 2022 is now the most important election of our lifetime. And then 2024 will be the most important election of our yeah. lifetime. So what needs to happen is the Democrats need to win enough so that one, they can make people, one, actually they can make people, despicable people like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema irrelevant. Um, but and Bobert, please take Bobert with them. Well, I'm just talking about Democrats, but you know, oh. uh, quote unquote Democrats. Bobert is, I mean, she's the mainstream Republicanism now. 
She's an idiot. But that's, well, I, I mean, that her, too, I saw your tweet about her, but <laughs> she's literally too stupid to insult. But I, so I, is I, Madison Cawthorn. And yep. so is um, Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley and that oh God, Louis Gohmert. I mean, they're just, I can't imagine uh, among the bunch of them, they have a total IQ of 100, you know? So, um, but well, that's Republic. I mean, that is. That is the way the Republican Party has been trending for a long time. And I think as we see with the Build Back Better uh, issue, this is not progressives against moderates. It's the entire Democratic Party against two idiots who are, you know, bought and paid for by their the respective industries, coal, pharmaceuticals, what have you. Millionaires. Yep. And, um, as, you know. And, and I can't remember who, who it was that told me. And, um, who said, look, if I couldn't get a, if, if I can do better, you know, I could, I could do a better job rather than being a, a representative. If I couldn't do any better. What am I doing here in the first place? And that's, uh, I, I, I think there are simply some members of Congress who couldn't get work outside of Congress. Yeah, that's probably true. And once they're in, you know, they, they think they're entitled to be there for life. They're yeah. entitled to the benefits. They're entitled to the salary. And, um, you know, do you uh, think the Democrats are aware of that? Because I, I, I often wonder, Larry, and I'll preface it this way: James Carville, when I spoke, when I speak with him, he said, "Look, I don't like the Republicans, but you have to respect their work ethic, because so, they never give up. They are always fighting. They're they're racist. They're horrible people, but they never stop fighting. Democrats seem to think that when they've won one battle, they've won the war." Do you think that's true or do you see the Democrats fighting as as hard as the Republicans? And do you think the administration fights as hard as the Trumplicans? I think I, I find it interesting to put it in those terms, actually, um, because, I mean, if they have a great, you know, um, not to, I'm not making an analogy exactly, but I mean, the Nazis worked really hard, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> come on. Um, so, well, yeah, they made the trains run on time. time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, my concern about the Democratic Party is that they're misunderstanding this moment in history. They, um, you know, they abandoned um, the 50 state strategy. Um, my position is that Democrats should fight for every single seat at every level of government in every county of every state. And um, I also am afraid that they don't, haven't yet grasped, not all of them, but a lot of them haven't yet grasped the fact that the Republican party is now a party of fascists and you cannot make common cause with fascists. Bipartisanship with fascists is not something to be desired. They need to play hardball. They need to understand that the rule book doesn't exist anymore because the Republicans set it on fire. Yeah, I don't think they get that either. They're, they're still, I think, um, every day when I talk to the current administration, they're under the impression that they can work with, that bipartisanship is reachable. But I think they're just being played by the Republicans who want to string it out as long as they can until they believe they'll be back in charge in 2022, and then they can flip the bird to the country. And get rid of the filibuster and on day rid, one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the first thing McConnell will do. It, it's fascinating, though. It's Are the Republicans being subtle? I mean, Mitch McConnell said this about Obama, and he said it about Biden. About Biden. My, my priority is to make sure that their presidencies are failures. Yeah. I, what else does one need to know? We know that there aren't, forget about 10 Republicans, there aren't two Republicans that will, you know, help break a filibuster. So I'm not sure what other evidence they need. Um, it is um, it it is actually um, anti-democratic at this point to uh, go down that road because again you're conceding ground to a party that has as its mission minority rule, autocracy and the end of the American experiment. I'm not entirely sure that how that's in anybody's best interests, you know, uh, unless Mitch, you're Mitch McConnell. Well, be, be in everyone's best interest if he finally came out of the closet, but that's another story entirely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
That went in a di direction I wasn't anticipating. Ooh. Uh, Conversation for another time. Yeah, that's a, um, last question before we, we go to the break. Hello. Uh, how much do you think your family member, your uncle, has had to do with the, the poisoning of the well? My position about Donald is that he, he didn't um, change the Republican Party. He just revealed it. Um, what he did do proactively was show the Republican Party that um, how easy it was actually to break norms and destroy institutions by um, pushing the envelope at every turn and never backing down and well, basically throwing temper tantrums, which is, yeah. which is, which is how Donald has run his business or his entire life actually. Um, so he showed them that something that they would never have occurred to them because, you know, they were still playing within the rules and, and within, you know, somewhat respecting institutions, uh, obviously, Mitch McConnell has learned how to use the system against us, but at least he was playing within the system. And Donald comes along and he says, "Hey, you don't you don't have to you don't have to be a decent human being. You don't have to uh, do what this agency tells you to do. Just break the rules. And then what are they going to do? Just ignore the subpoena. Say you're not going to hand over the documents. What are they going to do? And the answer is nothing. Nothing. So then he pushes the envelope even more. So now they have they have that permission to be their worst selves, and they're proving my point by showing that this is who they've been all along. Because I'm sorry, people just don't become this horrible overnight because some, no. some guys said they could be. No, I think you're right. I think this has long been what they are, and they're now they're embracing their their inner demons. And they're mm -hmm. making them their instead of their being their inner demons, this is their public face. Right, uh, because and they, they see and it's happened at a really crucial point um, because they know that the demographics are against them and they have a very, very narrow window within which they can um, rig things to the extent that they can never lose again. Um, because if, if the playing field were level and there were free and fair elections and everybody could vote, the Republicans would never win a nationwide election again. And they know that. And that's, well, you know, there was the thing that Gandhi said, when you look back on all of history, <clears throat> these autocracies always fall. They always fall. And um, I, I think the danger to our country is that the noise that they make prior to the fall can ruin us for a very, very long time. And honestly, if, if America turns into autocracy imagine the ripple the effect across the world the world is i'm yeah. not sure we come back from it honestly yeah i i yeah i agree and on that fine happy note we'll take we'll take a short commercial break and we'll be right back hey you yeah you we're talking to you and we need your help Seriously. As you probably know, independent journalism is a vital pillar of our democracy. Like everything else, it's not free. We're asking all longtime listeners of the show to help support us by becoming a member on Patreon. For the price of a latte, you can help guard democracy. Join us today at patreon.com slash JATQ podcast to help us keep bringing you the podcast you love and the facts you deserve. Hi, we're back. It's just asked the question. We're talking with Mary Trump and her new book, Reckoning. Uh, what do you think the ultimate reckoning will be for the United States? You know, it's funny. Um, it's it's similar to what we were facing in, in 2020. And actually, it turns out we were facing it in 2016. We just didn't know it. Um, we, we have two radically different directions we can go in. We can... Um, continue down the path towards democracy because we're not quite there yet, but you know there's yeah. still hope. Uh, there's that potential, or um, we can go down the path towards our autocracy, and it will happen swiftly. Um, so, 
I believe the, the reckoning has to be um, recognizing not just the importance, but the necessity of making sure these people are held to account and, and, and disempowered. It's, it's absurd to, it would be absurd if it weren't so terrifying and dangerous that Donald still is the most powerful person in the Republican party. How, how? And, and it's because they let him. It's not because of anything special about him. He's still a weak, pathetic person who's incompetent, doesn't know anything, and is really good at being cruel. But they have given him this power. It tells you what, what the rest of the Republican Party is if they've given him the power. A absolutely. So the Republicans aren't going to do it. So we need um, a Justice Department that comes to the conclusion that the institutions only matter if they exist within a functioning democracy. And we don't have one right now. So if Merrick Garland believes that protecting the DOJ is more important than risking people thinking it's politicized, then we're in serious trouble because this, the House can do only so much. New York State can only do so much. And don't get me wrong, I, it would be great if New York State charged him, indicted him, put him on trial, found him guilty, punished him in some way, but he would be getting punished for the wrong crime. He, he committed treason. Yeah. So yeah. last I checked, um, the punishment for that wasn't to make, put the person at the head of the party. Well, only if the party is treasonous in and of itself, I guess. Um, so that, that brings me to January 6th and the insurrection. You talked earlier about him planning. And I, look, I was there. I had my life threatened that day. Uh, it comes back to me every time I think of it. <clears throat> him and one of his interchangeable sons getting up and screaming, you know, and then Rudy Giuliani going trial by combat. And now they're walked that back to say, nah. Just but kidding. They, yeah, just kidding. But they all walked up there and engaged in trial by combat and damn near took over the, the Capitol. We hadn't even and Mo Brooks that. was wearing uh, body armor. Yeah. And, and, and Lindsey Graham was telling the, the, uh, the police, why don't you just shoot them? You're in charge. Right. What are your guns for? <laughs> what you, uh, uh. So how, I know a lot of people have been prosecuted, a couple of hundred for their participation in it but none of the planners and certainly none of the congressmen. Do you think we'll see that prosecution? Do you think it needs to occur? Oh, it absolutely has to occur. It is essential that it occurs. This, this country can't survive if, um, what, two thirds of Republicans in the House are seditionists and at least 10 senators are seditionists. How, how is it possible that traitors like Hawley, Cruz, Cotton, Blackburn, et cetera, are still running our government. It's, it's just beyond belief, honestly. And you know, the problem is the more time that goes by, the more um, they are able to um, expand the reach of their second big lie, which we talked about earlier, that, the, um, that January 6th was was just a, a bunch of protest. real American patriots trying to protect uh, their country from a fraudulent election. Um, and it's fading in other people's memories. You know, it's been another terrible year, fourth spike of fourth wave of COVID. And, um, you know, a lot of us just grappling with the selfishness and cruelty of this large minority of people who won't get vaccinated, who won't wear masks, who will keep putting the rest of us in danger. And it's hard to hang on to, especially when you have um, a vast majority of the media totally missing the point. How so? Well, it's, they're, I they're not- I appreciate you saying that. I'm sorry? I appreciate you saying that. But I'd like to expand on. Yeah, because that, so. listen, it like guys like you, it, it, it you know, your your voices need to be amplified. But what happens is, 
you know, the mainstream media just, just they, they, they all get on the same page. Like we see this happening in Virginia, like they're normalizing Yunkin and they normalize Donald. Like the question isn't, is he gonna run? Is he not gonna run? The question is why should he be allowed to run? This is a twice impeached traitorous person who is responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans. Why isn't he in prison <laughs> should be the question, right? right? So, you know, the mainstream media just, they, they, they focus on the horse race. They, they need to normalize. They, they need to um, keep Donald because he sells papers or he gets clicks or whatever. They need to keep him front and center um, in a way that doesn't threaten his viability as somebody, you know, who could potentially be a candidate. And, and, un, and, to, and to speak to the flip side of that, too many people still pay attention to the Donald. That's why he's Absolutely. put front and center in newspapers because people eat it up. They love it. They either hate him or they love him, but he gets their attention and he knows how to get attention. And look, don't get me wrong. We can't ignore him, unfortunately. I wish no. we could. I wish we could, but he's a danger to this country because again, he's being enabled. He's being allowed to be. However, that's not what the mainstream media covers. Um, first of all, I, last I checked, you shouldn't be um, you know, skewing your reporting to cater to what people want to click on, right? Um, but Yes, but that's what fun. we are. That's uh, unfortunately all the guide. See now, now here's my rant. All the guide rails have been taken off. Every president since Reagan has destroyed the First Amendment. Eighty percent of what you see, reader here, uh, used to be uh, guided by twenty-four companies when they first got into the business. Today, five companies dominate ninety-five percent of what you see, reader here, and. Yeah. Boardrooms want bottom lines. Bottom lines means what's going to sell. So you get the news you want instead of the news you need. And to make sure that we have a strong bottom line, you don't want uh, reporters in those places that have a lot of experience because they cost a lot of money. The idea that you could get out of college and start working in the White House right out of college as a reporter never has occurred, would not occur when I first got in. You had, I remember Sam Donaldson telling me, Brian, look at the first row there in the Brady briefing room. There's 250 years of experience there. And he joked, he said, and, and Helen has 200 of it. And, <laughs> and she said something to him and he said, hey, Helen, it's okay to have an unexpressed thought. And she said, Sam, when it comes to you, I have a lot of unexpressed thoughts. <laughs> that was, that was a different time, but there, were a lot, there was a lot of experience and people knew what they were doing. Today, you got kids straight out of college that are manipulated by the president, by the administrations, by both administrations, mm -hmm. and an audience that only wants to see news that it likes, and, a, and, and it's a perfect storm. And then large corporations who hire these people and want a healthy bottom line. So I just, I, I find it frustrating as a reporter and you're so right it's it is many times news that we want instead of news that we need yeah and and again i'm not suggesting that we pretend donald doesn't exist because unfortunately he still does and he's still a danger but cover cover him appropriately because what they're really doing is making up for the fact that he doesn't have access to social media and I, I like, why do him the favor? He should have been rendered irrelevant. He should have been totally sidelined. But the fact that he wasn't means that the media really needed to portray him accurately. I mean, I, I feel like they've done a better job um, dealing with the big lie and uh, the insurrection, but yet they continue to have Republicans on their Sunday shows who will just lie and lie and lie and be unchallenged by people like Chuck fucking Todd. Um, and, you know- I think that actually um, is his middle name, but uh, you know- <laughs> It should be, or it should be his hyphenated last name. Okay. Anyway, um, it's, it's really, like if I were in a position to interview people like that, if I had to interview, my very first question would be, did Joe Biden win the 2020 election legitimately? And if the answer was anything but yes, I'd say see ya and cut their mic. And that's it. And that, yeah, I agree with you. I don't need to, don't need to hear from you otherwise. Right. Do you think the Donald will ever be indicted? Uh, yeah. 
Oh God, this is so depressing. Um, I think there's a much better chance he'll be indicted in New York and yeah. potentially Georgia than he will be by the GOJ. I mean, I, I lost faith in the DOJ when Garland decided to take up Donald's case um, with E.G. and Carroll. It was, to me, that was despicable. Um, the fact that they felt that that was worth their time to continue defending, um, you know, an alleged serial sexual predator um, against a woman whom he defamed um, because apparently defaming American citizens was part of his job is just uh, mind blowing because I've spoken to enough lawyers to know that although Garland's legal argument is sound, he also could have had, a, he also could have made a, a very sound legal argument on the other side. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's what a lot of people, and there were people in the DOJ who weren't happy with what he did. Right. I, I mean, I will say, however, that his testimony the other day was somewhat heartening because it seems like he hasn't, he hasn't closed the door on anything and he will follow uh, the guidelines set down um, by the inspector general. I think it's the inspector <laughs> general, but anyway, so, so that, that was somewhat heartening. It wasn't quite forceful enough, but it was something. So going back to your, uh, the book reckoning, where, <laughs> what do you think the ultimate reckoning will be for the GOP? Oh, that party needs to be burned down to the ground. Um, and, be, and I'll tell you why. Um, because there, there probably was an opportunity back, well, listen, there have been a million off-ramps away from Donald since 2015. And um, they kept not taking them. Yeah. And along the way, you know, they lost a lot of what we would probably now consider, you know, moder moderate, conservative, whatever, right of center, even though, of course, they're none of those things, just compared to the fascists they are, right? So the problem is, though, that people like Jeff Flake didn't have the guts to stick it out and fight. Now, if Flake had been primaried in Arizona, he may well have lost the primary, but at least he could have made the case. At least he could have, from his very powerful position as a United States senator, have informed people about what's going on and it gone down fighting instead, he just quit and took whatever, you know, same thing with Burr, who just decided that, okay, I've stolen enough money from the American people, then I don't have to deal with the same. Well, and if we remember, remember Flake was Tea Party. He was, Flake was a yep. Flake. I mean, he was, he was part of the right. And uh, mm -hmm. then, then when he became far to the left in the Republican Party, that was, that, that was a sign, I think, of how screwed the Republican Party was. But I'll go back to Richard Nixon and say that the, the Republican Party has been screwed since, at least since Nixon. Oh, absolutely. I mean, on, I think the Republican Party was screwed as soon as people like Strom Thurmond, not Strom Thurmond, yeah, Strom Thurmond. Strom Thurmond, yeah. Decided that, you know, if the Democrats wanted Black people to have rights, then, oh my God, I can't be a Democrat anymore. I have to be a Republican. You know, that's what the Republican Party, that's when that sh the shift happened. Yeah, um, well, they're, they're racists. They're misogynists. Mm -hmm. they, they are, you know, they are a living example of what um, the comedian uh, George Carlin said, you know, they want to keep you stupid enough, just smart enough to operate the machinery, but not smart enough to find them out for who they are. Right. And, and think, I mean, you know, you, you, you know this better than most people. They stand for nothing. They have no policy positions oh. other than tax cuts for the wealthy and, um, standing in the way of fixing things, right? So it, it's literally a party of grievance and that, that Donald definitely ramped that up uh, a few That's billion Straight degrees. from the fascist playbook, I'm both a victim and a victor. And okay. you know, I was, and if things were uh, done legitimately, I'd be in charge and look all the great things I'll do. But I haven't, I can't, I still can't think of one thing that Donald Trump did in the four years he was in the office that would make me want to have him back. I, for some reason, because I guess I hate myself, I was thinking about that the other day. Because, uh, I mean, it is important to make that assessment. What did he do besides, you know, 
kidnapping and, and incarcerating children um, and um, being really racist and anti-immigrant and just cruel across so many um, situations. What did he do? And I'm willing, I'm willing to step back and be objective and, and say, okay, but I can't think, he got us out of the Paris Climate Accord. He got us out of the JCPOA. What, he, he, he turned on the, tur uh, on the Kurds. Um, he turned the other way when Russians were putting bounties on us. Like, what did he do? Seriously, tell and me look, something. Somebody tell me one thing. As recently as yesterday, he was calling, and, and he called it global warming. He didn't call it climate change. So he's going back to the old term that people abandoned because nobody understood what it meant. But he, he, he went back as recently as yesterday and called it a hoax. And, and that's the press release. I get, I begged him to quit sending me press releases and I keep getting them. I, I don't, I, and his, his son, Junior, actually sent me an email saying, uh, if, if you don't give us money now, I'm going to tell my dad on you, basically was what the thing said. And he goes, and if you give us money, you'll get a football. <laughs> oh my God. You know, he, uh, this is a true story. He took the White House press email list with him when he left office and he keeps barraging us since he can't be on social media. We get a barrage of these emails that no one wants. And he also farmed them out to some of his friends that are running for office, including Sarah Sanders and some moron in New York. I don't want to know. And a lot of people in the South. So I get all of these emails going and, and I read them and, and they're all written like in third grade, you know, bad grammar, poor spelling and, and crayons. <sighs> and, and that's the, that's the Republican party today. And that's is. frightening to me. Frightening. And, and, and the only way to, to grapple with it is to realize that um, we can't look at that from our perspective. In other words, I, for a long time, I struggled to figure out what they saw in him. And then I realized the, re the reason I couldn't figure it out is because I was looking for like good qualities they saw in him that I was missing, not realizing that the good qualities they see in him are things I revile. They love his pettiness. They love his grievance. They love the fact that he lies. They love the way he, that he gets away with everything. And I think most, most profoundly, they love that he's a weak, weak failure of a man who's been allowed to succeed so spectacularly. Um, they see themselves in him. Exactly right. And I that have... is a, a de devastating indictment of our system of education, um, of what um, America places value on. You know, when you have uh, hedge fund managers making a billion times more than a teacher um, or people like Elon Musk and the execrable uh, Zuckerberg and Bezos making a $24 trillion in a day uh, off the backs of people who were suffering during a pandemic um, and they get taxed at a lower rate than a secretary. Zero. Or zero. Yeah, a lower rate than everybody, basically. Yeah. Um, then it shouldn't surprise us that we're in the mess we're in, um, because you know, with this Build Back Better thing, it it, it would be um, life changing for many people. It would be um, groundbreaking for the country, but the the only metric being used by the people who have leverage at this point is the money, and that's. That's and a large part of the reason why we're here. I don't know about you, but what bothers me about that is we will not blink to spend trillions on defense when we don't need to. And we spend it and we waste it. And we, you know, we have the largest military many times over than like the next three or four countries combined. We'll spend the money there, but we won't spend money on schools, roads, doctors, bridges, and, and infrastructure. I, you know, I, I used to make fun of Trump, you know, each week was infrastructure week at the White House for four years, but I've had nine months of continuing that in this White House, and it doesn't seem like we're any closer to getting, you know, I, 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 I to me, honestly, and, and maybe you understand better than I, I cannot understand why anyone would be against universal health care, infrastructure, <laughs> I mean, 
those two right there. How can you not want people to get health benefits? Well, again, it's because we're not a democracy. And I, I mean this in the most basic way. Um, every race in the country, except the presidential race, is majority wins, right? Um, in the House, it's majority wins. Yep. In the Senate, it isn't. Not only do we have the filibuster, um, which requires 60 votes just to get to be able to vote on the thing, um, we need which by the way, only would need 51 votes, it's insane. Um, but we now have 4% of the party in power um, blocking legislation that 96% of the party, including the president, supports. It, yeah. it is absolutely insane. Like why isn't it, okay, say there are 50 Democratic senators plus Vice President Harris to break a tie. if the Democrats, um, I mean, not like before it gets to a vote, if the Democrats are 48 to two in favor of this legislation, then the legislation should go through. It's, I don't get it. And, and the problem is that it makes it seem like it's Biden's fault, which is gonna be terrible for the Democrats down the road. I, I mean, personally, um, like, why are they against it? Because they're getting paid better by people who will not benefit from legislation that will benefit most of the people in this country. So I just feel like, you know, somebody like Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer should just, you know, shoot the lock off the wallet and say, okay, Mansion Cinema, what's your price? You want 10 billion? Here you go. I'm not kidding because they're getting paid to vote against yeah. it. So, so let's pay them to pay vote them for to it. Do the right thing. Yeah, you know, you know how they say about uh, congressmen and senators. Once they, once he stay, once he's bought, he doesn't stay bought. So that's that's yeah. right. One of the best ideas I ever heard. I'm not sure. Maybe it was Al Franken. I'm not sure. Was that that senators and Congress people should have to wear patches, just like um, NASCAR drivers. Yeah, the show who sponsors them. Yeah. Yep. Well, Mitch McConnell would be buried in them. <laughs> he wouldn't be able to move. That's which could be a good thing. That's hey, I'm all for that. Well, we're gonna take a short break and we'll be back with some final thoughts. In this modern age of misinformation and deceit, just ask the questions newsletter cuts through the BS and gets to the truth. With Brian's in-depth articles, columns, and exclusive content not released anywhere else. Get the scoop and stay in the know. Sign up for the Just Ask the Question newsletter now at substack.com slash J-A-T-Q podcast. Hi, we're back. It's Just Asked the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and the name of the book is Reckoning by Mary Trump, and I recommend you can get it wherever fine books are sold and even online, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm still waiting I'm still waiting for that blurb, by the way, for mine. That's... <laughs> I have like 700 versions. It's it's a thing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to send you all of them and you pick one. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to bust you too much on that. I do, but, but no, I do you know why? I, one of the reasons I want to get it to you is because I, I, I want, I want, um, I want you to tell me where to get a fedora <laughs> and, and you can withhold that information. I, 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 I do. I can get you good. I like that picture of you in the fedora, by the way, at the party. That was very nice. I, For those who I, don't know, she had a party while I was there and I gave her my fedora and she took a picture with it. I'll share that on social media again. Very cool hat. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was, and I like that you, you right. had the fedora on and the sign that said it's complicated. <laughs> Story of my life. Yes. But uh, some final thoughts here as we, as we go forward, do you have uh, any hope for going? Uh, you think there's a, you think the reckoning will lead to uh, a, a dystopia uh, or do you think that we can move forward with a democracy? You know, I always have hope. I, I know it probably is hard for people to believe or understand, but I am, <laughs> I am an optimistic person by nature. Uh, that's been tested sorely over the last five years. Yes, it um, has. But, you know, there's hope. I, I, Biden was elected. We did, you know, uh, um, what's, how do you put it? We grabbed democracy from the jaws of autocracy. You know, that... Yeah 
practically never happens in human history. Um, so imagine how much worse things would be if 2020 had gone the other way um, or if it had been so much closer and there could have been still, you know, like a 2000 style uncertainty for months on end um, with a much, much more virulent mob-like, cult-like base, uh, which has all the guns. Um, so yeah, of course there's hope. And I think part of that is not to prejudge, not to go by conventional wisdom, which the party in power always loses in the midterms. Well, you know what? Um, we've, never, we've never been at this point where our entire future is threatened, not just democracy, but the, the, the planet, the, the, the longevity of the human race. So the I think people species. are motivated. Hmm? The human as a species, I think we're at a, an inf I, someone else called it an inflection moment where yes. the choices that we make will determine whether or not we actually survive as a species. That's right. And I, I began to wonder if the dinosaurs didn't really, you know, become extinct because, you know, there was one of them was named Donald Trump and he was orange. But, you know, I, I honest to God, because that's one of the best theories I've heard. Yes. Um, but <laughs> I, it's true. I, like we're, we're running out of time. And, you know, by the way, the planet will be just fine. I think the planet's actually trying to get rid of us, but the planet will be just fine without us. Yeah, uh, that's so, a George Carlin line too. He goes, the planet is in peril. No, no, the planet will be fine. <laughs> we right. won't apex, be around. The apex predators are the first to go because we're dependent on everything beneath us, below us, you know? Yeah. Um, so this is not like any other midterm election um, There, because literally everything is at stake because if the Republicans win back the House or the Senate, um, I don't think the Democrats would be allowed to win anything ever again because they'll rig the system even more than it already is in their favor. Um, and who, again, this is what Donald showed them. Who's going to stop them? I don't know. So I, we have so far, a no, year. One, no one has right. stopped them. We have so, a year. Um, 50 years from now, <laughs> <laughs> look down the road 50 years. Uh -huh. I mean, I, and I'll be dead. You, and, <laughs> Now, you know, they have, you know, they, the, Elon Musk is coming up with some stuff there. Maybe we'll be around. But I trust uh, him yeah. with that. <laughs> so 50 years from now, where do you see, where would ideally would you like to see us? Oh my gosh. Um, I, I would like to see uh, Starfleet Academy in uh, San Francisco and the ethos of Star Trek, um, you know, running the planet. I was going to say, I'd like, I'd like to be watching it all from my penthouse on Mars. <laughs> Ooh, that's, yeah. well, so Star Trek will make that happen, right? That's, you can make it happen with an authoritarian government, though. No, it won't. And, and, and I, I think, again, that's, and this is, we, we faced this in 2020. The outcomes of the, the potential outcomes were so divergent that November 3rd, 2020 was like a black wall. I literally, for the first time in my life, couldn't see beyond it. It was an awful, awful feeling because it was literally, okay, democracy struggles to, you know, keep going, or um, I'm going to have to leave the country and go into hiding because I'm right America there will you. be an autocracy forever. I, I and, thought for sure if, if your uncle won, I saw the same black wall. I thought for sure if your uncle won, I would be imprisoned. Or I yeah, would no, like a bunch of us would have had to go like form our own um, exile right. uh, island because we would have been in, there would have been a list, there is a list. And he's very vengeful and so petty that I don't think any I'm of well us- I'm well aware of that. I'm personally aware of that. I know. Pettiness. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, um, you more than I. But um, I, I know damn well that had he won, it would have been a, and I, I've never seen or heard anyone describe it quite like that, but I think you're absolutely right. It was, it was just this impenetrable wall and I, yeah. I couldn't see past it either. I was, yeah. and it wasn't, you know, it's not a Democrat or Republican thing. At the end of the day, it's a survival thing. 
and I I just wonder if we're if this nation uh, so conceived as Lincoln once said and uh, dedicated a proposition that all men are created equal, if it can long endure, let let alone survive. And I still have that same question today. Well, the the problem is that um, the entirety. And with very, very few exceptions, and apparently one of the very few exceptions, Adam Kinzinger is not seeking re-election. Um, the almost entire Republican Party doesn't believe in those things. No. And you've seen this with, like with uh, COVID, you know, they're talking about their rights not to have to wear masks, not to get vaccinated. And like, what about our rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Those are being curtailed by those who would um, endanger us. Well, I saw a wonderful sign to that point in Texas that said, uh, you know, uh, a virus has more reproductive rights in Texas than a woman. That's right. That's right. And they're, they're fine with that because they also, they love the cruelty and all they care about is that they have theirs. Yeah. That's it. And if that means that the rest of us suffer or we can't vote, or we can't leave our houses, or our children are always at risk. They don't care. The biggest they fiction they ever—they they don't care. And the biggest fiction they ever sold us was, you know, uh, the reason why I'm not for these things, like you know, healthcare. We live in a country where you do for yourself, where you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. And my argument to them is always, really, did you build your own road? Did you build your own public school? Did you build your own hospital? And and by the way, did you take a student loan? That's right. Listen, rugged individualism is one of the most um, poisonous myths in America. Um, just as, you know, America was a beacon of democracy for the world while we were, you know, torturing and enslaving Black people during Jim Crow. Um, we were talking about this earlier. Do you think Jeff Bezos and Musk and, and Zuckerberg have as much money as they do because they did it all by themselves? No. They don't pay taxes. They get they get welfare all along the way. Yeah. Um, so welfare for the rich. That's right. It's poor. just bullshit that that people do it all by themselves. No way. Nobody ever does. Nobody does. And and the thing I just that that just stymies me is they seem not to care if there's kindness in the world. Um, they seem not to care. They see it as weakness. That, that's right, because that, that's my family right there. Um, they seem not to care that, um, you know, there's inequality or people are suffering. And I think, well, would you want that for your children? My God. I mean, what you think because- Not you, mine, but maybe yours. That's right. Yeah. Right. That's, hey, listen, they don't care if their kids get COVID, I guess. So what, you know, I, <laughs> it, it's ridiculous to try to make that- It is kind of a Darwinian situation, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. When I read about the people that are dying, I, I, I feel bad. But at the same time, I go, well, get vaxxed. <laughs> no, I don't feel bad at all. It's, it's yeah. a choice. And, yeah. you know, you, they're adult human beings and they can get information and they can listen to the science. And, you know, if you're getting your information on Facebook, then that's your problem, not mine. But it, then I, it becomes my problem. What do you think of a uh, final thought there of Amy Cohen Barrett and the... Uh, uh, the uh, Supreme Court coming out saying, uh, I am a, a rugged constitutionalist and origin an original. She believes in the original constitution. And then I, you know, the statement, well, as the constitution was originally written, women couldn't vote and couldn't hold office. So well, she's a handmaid apparently. So I mean, yeah. you shouldn't be, so, the, I feel the same. If somebody says orig an originalist to me, that's the same as somebody saying all lives matter. Thank you for the shortcut. I know you're racist. I know you're cool with slavery. I know you're cool with only landowning white men having the vote. Um, so therefore I don't have to take you seriously. And I have to make sure that everything possible uh, that can um, happen to make you your vote on the Supreme Court relevant needs to happen. This court needs to be expanded yesterday. Yeah, um, I don't think that's going to happen, but they do need to get, yeah, uh, there's a, a Democrat that needs to retire before it ends up being replaced by a Republican. I won't say any more than that. And then there's the science meme that's going around. It, it said, uh, 
no lives matter. The universe doesn't give a shit about you. <laughs> it's true. We're a tiny speck and it's very difficult to think like that because, you know. We well, going like back to your Star Trek thing, I mean, I thought the most amazing thing was seeing a 90-year-old William Shatner and there's this picture. Everyone else is bouncing around in the cabin and he's just staring out the window. And when he came back, he said, everybody should see this to see that, you know, we're part of a very small speck in the universe. And it was really kind of touching to me. And yep. he didn't even deliver it in the usual <laughs> way. I'm done. <laughs> that was fabulous. I was like, what? <laughs> you had me at the edge Captain of my seat waiting Kirk. for that. <laughs> but anyway, well, so we've solved the world's problems. We'll be on Mars watching, you know, 50 years from now, hopefully. Everybody just needs to listen to us. And, all this you know, and why, God damn it. That's, you know, that's a, why don't they? Don't they get it? That's, I don't know. <laughs> Mary, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for coming back. And uh, the new book is called Reckoning. So, uh, I mean, I could sit there and do this all day. This is fun to tell. Uh, the, and it's, it's been out for a couple of weeks. And how's sales? Doing all right? Um, it's actually been out since August. Um, August. I don't well, know. that's I more than a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it made the bestseller list for a bit, so that was nice. Um, you know, unfortunately, Tucker Carlson and Mark Levin continue to be at the top of the list, which is so depressing. I mean, I understand why they are, but it's a. I couldn't. I I don't believe they can write, and and b. I'm pretty sure the people that like them don't read. I don't know how yeah. these books are sold. I think it's just, you know, Republican charity. They did that for my cousin. So I don't know. It, they, but did, it, and they, they did that for Trump too. Didn't yeah, they? it's for depressing your, nonetheless, yeah. even if it's rigged. But, you know, um, so it's, um, I'm, I'm happy my book's out there. Um, and, you know, it, it hasn't been out that long. There, will, it, there, It has time to gain traction. And I think a lot of what I write about is being borne out time after time after time. So hopefully uh, well, people I, I, will pick it up i go back to the question i asked september 23rd of uh 2020 six weeks before the election when lose or draw will you accept you know a peaceful transfer of power we've been living that answer since that that's day. right no and that was the most important and pivotal question of that cycle um maybe ever because it illustrated in the most stark way imaginable what we were going to be dealing with and it perfectly underscored what I was saying around the same time is you cannot underestimate how dangerous this person is. If he feels cornered, he'll take all of us down with him. And this, unfortunately, he still is being given the power to do that. He reminds me of a rabid skunk or a rabid rat in a junkyard. That's all I can, yeah. I, every time I see him, I just think he's, he's rabid. They, you know, they're going down, but they're yeah. going to bite and claw and scratch at everyone else and take as many people as they can with him. Yeah, knowing he's miserable is like no comfort because he's made so many millions of people more miserable, miserable than yeah. he is. Yeah. Well, that's, he, he, he is a miserable lot. I, I, I don't, you know, did you ever see the movie? Uh, it was a tombstone no. with Val Kilmer. And, oh, uh, no. and Val Kilmer's laying in bed and he's talking to, as Doc Holliday and he's, He's talking to uh, Kurt uh, Russell, who's playing um, uh, um, the other guy, not uh, the uh, the wider. And so he's, he says he's got to go meet Johnny Ringo, who wants to kill him. He says, "What makes a man like him uh, operate? What makes him think?" And he says, "A man like Ringo has a hole in, in the middle of him that you cannot fill. You can never fill it. There's not enough drugs. Right. There's not enough violence. You can't kill enough people. There's just a hole in the middle of him, and it's eating him up alive." And that is exactly every time I think of Donald Trump, what comes to mind. I don't think he can kill enough. He can hurt enough. He can inflict enough pain to fill that hole inside him. No, he will never be assuaged ever. And he'll keep trying though. Yeah, well, and you know, I don't think he's going to run again myself. I, I, I'll agree with Michael Cohen on that. I think he's in, but I do agree with you. If it becomes the path of least resistance, if he thinks he can get away with it. Listen, if, if it's a no-brainer that he's going to win because the Republicans is, have fixed everything, why wouldn't he? Well, you yeah, know. that's, yeah, all things being equal, if we're able to stop, you know, this, the, I mean, but there's the gerrymandering we have to worry about. There's the 20, this election, uh, Terry McAuliffe today in Virginia is a harbinger of doom if he loses. 
And then yep. 2022, the Democrats, I don't think they take this seriously. I don't think they understand that you have to beat the drum as loud as Donald Trump beats his. If you don't, you're going to be buried. Yeah, I, you know, something's got, something's got to give, that's for sure. So, um, but I think it's really important to remember that there are more of us than there are of them. But we and, have to vote. You know, hmm? But we have to vote. No, of course we do. Of yeah, course that's... we do. But, but I'm saying if we did, then we could- Oh, this would be a no-brainer. Yeah, they, they can make it as hard. You know, they're going, well, you make it hard on me to vote? Fine, I'm still going to vote. <laughs> yeah, they're just a squeaky wheel, you know? Yeah. We know well, what we have to do. We just need to motivate people to, I mean, people should be motivated, but. Yeah, they should be. If, you know, yeah. if you enjoy things like light, electricity, you know, uh, water. Well, look, some, some people have to work three jobs just to get by. So, you know, I get it. That. Yeah. I get it, but we need to inspire them and make their lives better. That's what government's supposed to do. How dare you be that's so. That's what I thought. I yeah, mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's us. It's that's us. It. Our money. That's right. That, yeah, I, I never looked at them as leaders. I always look at them as, as my employees. What have you done for me lately? That's right. Yeah. Well, listen, Mary, it's a pleasure. Thanks for uh, being with us. Stick around. I got to all sign out. It, it's <laughs> just ask a question. I am your host, Brian Karam. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. In this modern age of misinformation and deceit, just Ask the Questions newsletter cuts through the BS and gets to the truth. With Brian's in-depth articles, columns, and exclusive content not found anywhere else. Get the scoop and stay in the know. Sign up for the Just Ask the Question newsletter now at substack.com slash JATQ podcast.